Hello my wonderful quiet rebels, it's Mayke here and before we jump into today's incredible episode, I'm super excited to let you know that this is brought to you by my Sustainable Visibility Incubator or SPI for short. And if this is your first time hearing about it or maybe you heard of it but would like a quick recap, then here you go. This is my six month group mentorship program where I guide you to explore and really develop your timeless approach to visibility. And what I mean by that is that it's an approach that evolves with you and it honors your identities as well as your lived experiences as a human being. The reason why I focus on this approach versus a one way to be visible type of approach is because I really want this to be able to stay with you for the lifetime of your business. So no matter which visibility strategy you wind up choosing for a certain season in your business, that the approach is something that is informed by you. And so you have complete access to your agency in this process. And if you'd like that space where you get to explore that, which means sometimes falling flat on your face, but being able to get back up or celebrating something that is seemingly small to other people, but it's a big deal for you, that is what the space is for. So if you've liked what you've heard so far and you want to find out more info about the program, such as what's included, what we're covering in terms of topics, how it's all structured, all of that jazz, you can go to makeasign.com forward slash apply. And I'll pop that link in the show notes for you to check out should you want to. And a quick note on this URL as well. Sometimes, depending on what time of year it is, it will transform from a waitlist page with that much needed info to an application page. So I only opened this program for applications once a year. So I'm going to be opening it in August of 2022 and it will be closing for applications on the basically the beginning of September of 2022. So if you're listening to this episode outside of this time period, this URL will still work, but it will just take you to a waitlist. And speaking of the waitlist, if you do decide to join, that does mean you'll get priority access to the applications, which means that you have more time to decide because Sometimes you might need to journal on the decision of whether you want to join or not, and I really don't want to rush that process for you. I don't want the closing of the cart to be what pushes you to decide. I really want this to be informed by you as much as possible. Okay, so that's just a quick note on that. Anyway, this is this program is my pride and joy because it's something that I really do believe is much needed in our industry, especially for those of us who are much more highly sensitive, we're introverts, we're empaths. And so sometimes the way that we are quote unquote meant to be visible may not be fully aligned for us. So this is for you to again, design your own timeless approach to visibility that evolves with you and also honors your identities and lived experiences along the way. So again, makeitfan.com forward slash apply if you want to find out more. But now, back to the episode. You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, the place to be to explore what it means to run an online business when you don't always align with the status quo. I'm your host, Meike Sang, the sustainable visibility mentor, certified trauma-sensitive leadership coach, and podcast guesting strategy trainer. And I'm here to remind you that contrary to what we're taught to believe, you don't always have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. Because if anything, we stand out and make an even deeper difference when we stand up for what we believe in and share who we're supporting along the way. So if you'd like to join me and my guests as we venture into these pretty nuanced conversations where we choose to find the meaning 
in the messy middles of our entrepreneurial journey, then let me welcome you into the quiet rebellion. Let's get started. Hello, my wonderful quiet rebels. Today's episode, I'm hoping it's going to be like a breath of fresh air for you. If you've ever felt the pressure to always be doing things and getting shit done, then hopefully this is going to be the antidote to that. So I'm super, super excited to be joined by the one and only Becca Rich on this podcast today, where we're going to be talking about how we can start healing from toxic productivity. And I'm emphasizing the toxic here. So of course, productivity in itself is good, but it's how we go about it. That's something that we want to really explore and investigate the, the kind of like the scope of the landscape of this whole topic. So Becca, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Meike. I'm super excited to be with you and be in your energy and to talk about this such important topic that I think is so relevant and like everybody's talking about right now. Yes. Please tell us how you got into this as well, because um, I know you've got a story that kind of leads to this. And also because I really want to just like take a step back and ask, what do you do? Like, what is your quote unquote business title? (laughs) as well because I think that's going to be super relevant for today and also yeah like what inspired you to reach out to want to speak about this topic in the first place yeah so my official business title is quote unquote quote unquote (laughs) I put my air quotes up is holistic time coach and educator um so my business is has two sort of legs or arms extremities and one is one-on-one services so I have a VIP day and coaching where I work with with people individually on healing their time wounds and healing time scarcity and sort of just like reimagining time management as we know it. And then the other part is educating other service providers in holistic time management so they can then bring it to their clients and help them create this ripple effect of when you heal time wounds. Oh, time wounds. Okay. This is the first I've heard of this. So can you let us know what a time wound is? Yeah. Um, And I know you asked a couple of questions and I I know I'll get back around to my story, but a time wound is something that is deeply connected to my story as well as anything that it's it's a wound, right? You have a wound around time. What that looks like is different for every single person. Sometimes it's toxic productivity. That's one of them. Another time wound is sort of like the hustle. It's the rushing. It's the Um, can't sit still. Another time wound is I never have enough time. So it's sort of like all the different things that someone could experience when it comes to time that negatively impacts them or their life or their business. Mm, I'm like raising my hand for all of the ones that you just mentioned. I'm like, okay, okay, let's get some healing done or at least (laughs) have some awareness of how we can even get started with that. Um, But before we do, um, let's circle back to the original question. So what led you into this work in the first place? Yeah. So I think I am a firm believer in the generational or intergenerational impact of toxic productivity or hustle or not enough time, time scarcity, all the time wounds that I just mentioned. And so I grew up like a lot of us did going um, to school, doing all the things and watching my, my parents work all of the time. Uh, my grandpa and my dad were both uh, throat burp oh my god start over <laughs> you know what? we're gonna leave that in so uh for those of you who don't know what a throat burp is it's kind of like um many of our burps kind of like 
start off in our diaphragm and slowly travel up a throat burp is when it kind of gets stuck there and the thing is if it's lower than the throat like in the diaphragm area or the chest area you can kind of control like whether it goes up or down but when it's in the throat it's kind of like oh god when is it gonna come <laughs> but for what yeah. it's worth um I didn't hear it <laughs> I couldn't keep it down I couldn't keep it down right there and we, we were throat burping before we recorded yeah, <laughs> we were drinking so... our tea together so <laughs> thank yeah. you I can feel I can feel one coming but if it, oh, if, it, if, if it gets to a full-on belch, then I'm going to edit that out. But if not, then, hey, just humaning here. So <laughs> yes, yeah, carry on. <laughs> which is the point of my whole life and business is learning to become a human. But anyway, so um, yeah, grew up with an entrepreneur for a dad, grandpa, worked all of the time and really just like instilled in me the you never get enough done. You can't rest until you've hit this one day point where you can rest and enjoy. Um, my dad and, and family members still have not hit that point. Little caveat there. Um, and so I went and became an engineer and was like, I'm going to be a successful engineer in the oil and gas industry. And little did I know four months into college, I would burn out in the hospital with an intestinal infection from not taking care of myself and getting super sick. And it took a little bit to recover. And then once I did, I was able to start to get into yoga and meditation and all the different uh, like alternative healing modalities that would eventually lead me to becoming a teacher in yoga and a teacher in meditation and really just like learning how to breathe. I love when you introduce this whole podcast is like, I hope this is a breath of fresh air because that's essentially what all of this comes back to is mindfulness is the breath is the present moment is learning how to live in that present moment and not be so worried about doing and more being. Um, so fast forward, I was an engineer. <laughs> I continued on that trajectory, worked in a cubicle for three and a half years, and then said, I'm done. I put my hands up and I became a digital nomad, which you just found out today, make it. Yeah. I was um, like, you're, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in Portugal right now, but I'm going to go Croatia. I'm like, are you traveling right now? She's like, she's like no, I'm a, I'm a digital nomad. I've been doing this for like the last two years. And I was like, totally like living vicariously through you, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've been traveling. I quit in July of 2020 and it was a plan prior to COVID. It wasn't like a COVID spur of the moment decision. We had been saving up for years and um, then we, we took the leap and did it and we've been traveling since then. And it's been really beautiful to heal my relationship to time even deeper by traveling. And that's something that I use to help me like witness in other cultures that it doesn't always have to be hustle and mm -hmm. I get to see other how other people live and it's just it's really beautiful so that's sort of the long-winded story to how I became what I am now and time is just something that has been like so important to me like how to best spend my time and before it was like to optimize and a very capitalistic toxic way of thinking about it and now it's how to like spend my time to feel fulfilled and live, just live and be. And that's how the trajectory has changed over the course of the last, I guess, nine years now since I burnt out. Mm. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, like to learn it essentially the hard way. And as you were speaking about your travels, I thought to myself, hmm, that's actually a really wonderful way to 
weaves that back into your work because you're witnessing different cultures in real time and spending time with them uh, to understand their relationship with time and whether it's something that they use it to enjoy their lives and or um, if a second is wasted then it's like okay we're not doing enough we're not doing enough and I I was thinking to myself how often I say oh it's just a waste of time right and I, I don't really say that very often anymore I remember I used to when I worked with um, a couple of mentors who really did advocate for the hustle culture to get get shit done and um, doing whatever we can with whatever we have <laughs> and I always found that quite the opposite of what I need as a human being that like I need time to just marinate on things and just to not rush because I love that feeling of ease and calm and so I'm, I'm curious to hear from you um where do you feel that line is and I know it's different for everybody but maybe you know from your experience and your ex expertise that line between where it's productive and it's good for us like you know because we do need to get things done we can't just be like doing quote-unquote nothing all the time like there are times that we need to get up and, and do things um so where's that line before it kind of like goes into the toxic productivity territory yeah so I think there's a lot of things that you just said <laughs> that my brain is going all over the place um but I think the biggest thing to come back to is that inner wisdom that like embodiment the of where you're operating from is are you operating are you doing things out of needing to prove yourself needing for contentment needing for like all different reasons or are you doing out of just purely the things that light you up and excite you and bring you joy and that can include work, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean all work is bad. And I think that's yeah. often something that the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, when you're like anti-hustle, anti-productivity, anti-traditional time management, it's like you swing the opposite direction completely. And you're like, all of that is bad. And I shouldn't mm -hmm. like my work and I should feel bad that I want to work. And so that's mm -hmm. what I'm seeing a lot of now. And I want to say that there is a balance, there is a line and it all comes back down to your personal inner wisdom and the trust that you have with yourself that where you're operating from. Mm, I love that because I'm I'm all for um uh so I'm gonna give a shout out to uh Kirsty Fanton who uh, shared this term uh just just an exchange of emails that u-shaped strategies <laughs> as in like they're shaped just for you sort of thing and I thought to myself just now so what it's very personal it sounds like um where we deem something to be toxic or not is where it comes from for us personally and for those who are listening right now who may not be used to tuning into their inner wisdom when maybe the the, sh the cries the shouts of the external voices are drowning out their own right now how could they get started with like what do they look for to tune into this inner wisdom do they have is there a tool that you recommend for maybe your clients who um that again they're not used they're not fluent in that tuning yeah I think 
one to mention it's part of the practice it's something that grows it's a muscle that you strengthen as you continue to do the thing as you continue to tune into yourself and talk to yourself and get that sort of inner wisdom and listening to it and so I think the best place to start is can you be still (laughs) can you pause and that is where for me personally, if I feel unable to, to pause and to come to stillness and to listen to myself, that's when I know that I'm doing to avoid something. I'm, I'm doing to avoid my feelings or thoughts or something, right? And so when, when you ask yourself and just like noticing where you are, can you come to stillness? If the answer is no, I'm rarely still, then there is like an essence of potential toxic, toxic productivity. Because when I used to get still, I used to get so irritable. My skin felt like it would like crawl and itch. Right. And it's sort of like, Mm. that's an addiction. It's an addiction to doing. And there's, you find fulfillment and you find happiness and contentment out of doing And so when you tap back into the stillness again and again and again, you start to then listen to your intuition and hear what, what you're operating from. And you start to get that inner, like the inner voice that's telling you what you're doing, (laughs) like how you're doing it, what you're doing, how you're feeling, all of that stuff. And so if you, yeah, I mean, your original question is how do you start? And I would say to get still to practice getting still, to practice resting. And I want to caveat that with, I've worked with a psychotherapist for two years now. I'm in a 12-step group, sort of around a lot of this healing work. And I do so much other healing work around this, yoga, meditation, um, journaling, so many different things that have helped me learn how to get still. And it's there's a lot of trauma that can come out of sitting still. And so there Mm. is a trauma sensitivity that comes into this conversation at this point. Yeah. I think that's really important to acknowledge. So thank you for sharing where that comes from for you and how to kind of, it's almost like we're inviting all the quiet rebel to this thing right now to be like, Hey, this is from my perspective, but you know, consider what it is for yourself. And um, the first thing that came up for me when you said about, um, can you be still? I immediately thought of one of my loved ones who very rarely is still because when they are, they're very irritable, like they're very like itching to do something. And I always found it a struggle to connect with them sometimes because of their lack of presence in the moment, because it's always the next moment, the next moment and not being in the actual one in the current present. And then my next thought that kind of rippled from there was kind of like, hmm, what do I make it mean about myself if I am still? And I'm glad you acknowledge the um, the kind of uh, uprooting that's happened in your own journey uh, when you've worked with your psychotherapist, because when I've worked with my therapist, I know that stillness to me is hard for me to tap into, even though I know it's good for me with my line of work, which involves a lot of depth right so I need to be in a place where I can hold people and guide them there and if 
I don't get the rest I need, then it's very difficult for me to like do my job, like to do my work. Um, but when I think of stillness, I think of how I used to rest after I came back from school when I was younger, when I was a teenager, for example. And then my mom would come down getting ready to go to work because she would work from like five until late at night. And she'd be like, why are you lazing around for? Like, why aren't you doing something? And I, and I was like, I just come back from school. <laughs> like, I, I have been up because I'm not, I am not an early bird by any means. Um, and so being up at like, what, seven in the morning and then going to school, starting around 8.30, coming back at four, like it's, it's like a full on work day. <laughs> so there's no wonder why I want to rest. Um, so I definitely still find myself with that challenge of not calling myself lazy if I actively need to rest <laughs> in order to do my best work. So I think many of us have our own versions of um, this uh, kind of like this relationship and this awareness of why we might not want to because of what we make it mean or what others make it mean about us if we choose to rest versus work. Yeah, so true. I used to yell at my husband actually for <laughs> playing video games. Like I'm guilty of perpetuating toxic productivity. I am the first to say that because it's, it's I used to like not understand how he could rest. I didn't get it. I was like so confused. Now I, I it's totally different and I yeah, <laughs> it's completely different. But um yeah, it was it was really challenging um to to be able to witness other people enjoying and resting and taking care of themselves when I wanted to so badly and yet I still couldn't. There was still like there's a lot of stuff holding me back from being able to to do the thing that I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. And thank you for just raising your hand there. Like no, no one can see you but me, but you physically raised your hand. And I do that as well. It's like, oh, I'm going to raise both hands here. And I, I same thing for me. Um, I've definitely nagged my partner um, every now and then for playing video games. But um, now I understand that that's how she prefers to have her downtime because she is out of the house for at least 12 hours most days. And um, so when she comes home, she doesn't want to just uh, sleep because then it's like, where is my day? Like, where's my me time? And so that's her me time and how she rests and relax. And I know the whole blue light thing can interfere with like actual rest when you're sleeping and stuff, but different different needs <laughs> need to be met. Um, but something that comes up that I, I would uh, love to ask you is um, for those who find it counterintuitive to rest because like because we need to be productive for various reasons because we do need to you know put food on the table we need to keep these roofs over our heads and things so productivity of course serves a purpose for us to to earn that right and so for those who may really be struggling with the idea of not working not being productive to rest even though that productivity actually leads to some form of security for them how would you invite them into this conversation of how they can work in tandem together and not necessarily conflict with each other and be a counterintuitive action yes oh this is such a great question and of course because of who I am I'm gonna say this at the beginning like the reason why hustle culture is so prevalent the reason why 
productivity has become toxic is literally because we had to work, right? It's steeped in capitalism. It is steeped in everything that we know in our society. And we attach hours to numbers, aka like money, dollars. A lot of people say money is time. Like there's so much out there that makes us feel like we always have to be working and doing in order to then feel safe. There's a detachment of safety. And so it is real. And starting there, you can work in tandem. It is possible. I do it. I help my my clients do it as well. And the way that I like going personally going about it is setting up my schedule based on one, my capacity, as well as my revenue goals. Those are like the two figures, right? And so what is my revenue goal in order to have all the things that I need to have to be safe and, and, you know, meet my needs. And then what do I need to do? Like, or what is my capacity personally as a human being? And both of those numbers then tell me what I need to do, when I need to do it and how I'm going to do it. And so sort of like reverse engineering into the answer of how to fill your time, right? When it comes to an online business owner, for me, um, one of, of course, the biggest things is getting on calls with folks, console calls, discovery calls, connection calls, talking to them, being in relationship, you know, all of those things, marketing, but you can do that forever. Like it's unlimited the amount that you can do. So of course, like there's that opportunity to always be doing those things, but that's why I have to cap my, at my capacity and my capacity is taking calls for three days and then having one additional day of, of work to like create or work on my business or do the things that need to get done, support my clients on the back end, et cetera. Aside from that, like I have no scheduled time. Oh my gosh, another throat burp. <laughs> this is weird. This <laughs> it's just throat burp day. <laughs> it's a throat burp day. Um, so yeah, like really just reverse engineering using your revenue goals and your capacity to figure out what you need to get done. And then it's sort of like my my way of looking at it is like the bare minimum. And then you do it and experiment, see how it works, see if you're meeting your revenue goals, see if you feel good. And if so, then amazing. If not, what do you need to refine? So that's sort of the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important to reverse engineer the, the goals. It's kind of like how when we receive advice, for example, uh, in the in the realm of pricing, it's kind of like, oh, charge what you're worth or um, it, it just feels such a like an abstract idea <laughs> and so in order to make this idea of um, just like anti-hustle productivity to be more normalized for us we would need to take that abstract idea and actually have it be informed by our needs so what I'm hearing from you is you take into account your needs for safety in terms of your financial needs and therefore integrating your revenue goals 
that are required for those needs to be met, as well as your human needs. So it's both what's effective for your business and both efficient for you to move ahead with. That's what I'm hearing for everyone who's listening right now to consider for themselves, because all of us are in different positions. We're in different positions of privilege. We're in different positions in terms of our access to resources as well. And so please do take everything that Becca is saying and have it apply to your lifestyle, your your intersections of your identity, because what may work for her may not work for us. And me, what works for me may not work for other people as well. So for all of you who are listening, please do take this with a grain of salt in the sense to apply it to your needs. Uh, thanks for that beautiful summarizing. <laughs> I, I think it's a, I, I get, I hear that a lot. It's like, oh yeah, you just encapsulated all the things. I'm like, cool. Maybe that's my, my strength. I don't know if I could put the recap person. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. So we've talked about what led you into this work. We talked about that line that we decide for ourselves between when it becomes toxic productivity versus just productivity in itself we've talked about how we can start tuning into our inner wisdom and how to work with that seemingly counterintuitive feeling of like but rest is more productive and that can actually be more helpful for us what and to apply it to ourselves so I guess like from here where do you recommend that we get started because again many of us may not be even aware that we are probably already in the toxic productivity territory so for how do you invite your clients or people in your audience to just kind of expand their awareness a little um to kind of identify where they are in this process yeah so since I am a like a certified Reiki healer and and yoga teacher meditation guide one of the things that I do to support my clients is guiding them in slowing down, is being still, is coming back to themselves. And it's the first step in sort of like my holistic time management framework as a whole is connection, is coming back to you as a human being. Um, And when we practice that, like we've already discussed, we get those little inklings of truth of awareness of insight around are we spending our time in the best way that we want to are we doing what we want with our lives and from there then the clarity of like what I need to change or what I need to to do differently can come forward Um, and when we're always going 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 doing 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 it's impossible to hear what we are doing what we need to change what we want to do differently and so that's the place that I get started. And I don't know why, Mayke, I like really want to guide us. Would you be interested? Yeah, oh, in yeah please. <laughs> I, I always love some examples. So yes, walk us through your process. <laughs> Let's do some embodiment. So if you do feel comfortable, you can sit back in your seat. You can close your eyes if that feels safe. Mind my squeaky chair, please excuse me. And I've got my feet on an exercise ball under my desk. So if there's any squeakiness, I promise you it's not from me. It's just from the things I'm sitting on. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. You are okay just as you are. We welcome and accept you just as you are. Just starting to get comfortable in your seat, whether you need to move your shoulders, your neck, your back, or anywhere else in your body that would make you more comfy. 
Mm -hmm. Just taking a big deep breath in and letting it go. Another big deep breath in, sending your breath down into the belly. And then letting it go. And one more biggest breath of the day so far. Breathe in deep. And then exhale. And if it feels supportive or nurturing, I always like putting my hand on my heart. So if you would like to do that, you can as well. Feeling your heartbeat, your chest rise and fall with each breath. And if the mind moves to another place in time, you can come back to your hand on your heart or your breath. Connecting with yourself by asking yourself, how are you? How are you feeling in this moment? Is there anything that you need or want. How is your heart? Is there anything that your inner self might want to tell you, might want to share with you? You can ask yourself, what do I need to know? And again, if a mind wanders into another space in time, you can return back to your breath or your hand on your heart. Just letting yourself know, your inner self, that you are here for them. You're always here for them throughout the day. And each time you pause and come back to this place, the present moment, you can listen to them clearly. And it's a practice that you can always come back to.
just sending a thank you to yourself for pausing and tuning in listening and when you feel ready you can slowly start to come back to your body if you want to move or wiggle your fingers or toes noticing how your body feels and opening the eyes when you're ready <sighs> okay that was i haven't felt this stillness for quite a long time something that i've realized now coming out of it and can i share a couple of things that came up during that process please so number one the first thing that came up was guilt my human design type is a manifesto and apparently the proportion of rest to work is 80% rest and 20% um, work. And I could see your reaction was like, what, 80%? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so um, for, for those of you who are not into human design um, or you don't know what it is, um, just like how there are 16 personalities and Myers-Briggs and everything, there are plenty of ways that we can identify with a way to understand ourselves and for me human design has been incredibly eye-opening I feel super understood by it but I digress um, so my design type is meant to rest a lot and when I appreciate the fact that I'm in a position where I can actually rest a fair amount there's a guilt that gets attached to it because for example my partner doesn't get to rest in the same way even though I know that she would love to be able to rest a lot more but her line of work requires her to be out and about and physically active on her feet all day and throwing axes <laughs> so she's that's what she does um <clears throat> so guilt is something that makes me resistant to rest because I feel bad that not everybody can do that so it's almost like I acknowledge my privilege in the line of work I do where I can choose my schedule essentially but let's go attached to that something to work through another thing I definitely know I have my mom's clenched eyebrows <laughs> when um when she wasn't very happy uh like say if we were, we did something I don't know we, we broke a plate or something back then of course um she would get these this furrowed um eyebrows um and we know that like, oh okay mom's really mad <laughs> um I get that feeling when I try to rest. And another thing, which is on a more happier note, there are occasions where I would spend a day literally binging a Netflix show or an anime or a series of movies, like literally on what Saturday, I watched all three, the, the trilogy of the um, Netflix film to all the boys I've loved before. <laughs> lovely movie um but all that to say especially if it's an anime my partner normally gets quite happy because like we both love anime and I I would say to her when she comes back from work like oh I spent all day like I've watched the entire anime x or something and she'd look at me and, then we, and I'd look at her and we'd have this moment when we know what we're about to say and we and we both go time well spent and then, <laughs> and then we give each other like a high five <laughs> and then when that came up for me it made me think to myself, no one get 
no one else but me gets to determine how my time is spent well or not. And I'm like, oh, okay. I feel that starting to exercise that feeling of um, choosing what works for me, tuning into my inner wisdom, what I need, because maybe what I needed that day is to feel inspired and have these heartfelt moments because the animes I watch they are very wholesome and they do make me think about the greater picture in life and how we treat people how we treat ourselves and if I spent a day getting immersed in that kind of energy that feels incredibly nurturing who else but myself gets to say how that time was spent whether it was well or not and for me it's definitely well spent and I appreciate that my partner mirrors that with me when it's and especially when it's anime not only with it's anime but especially with anime it's like yes time well spent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that came up for me I'm curious um I know you're the one who led that um exercise just now but did anything come up for you that you'd be open to sharing at all it's okay if not yeah I mean thank you so much for sharing all of that like beautiful inner wisdom that came forward from like experiences to awareness to strategy like literally all the different things <laughs> that came out like I'm just acknowledging and celebrating you um for me I always, especially on podcasts, right? Like there is like some nerves. So I I was able to just calm myself and and feel my heart beat and slow it, slow everything down, coming back to my body and reassure myself that one, just how important this work is, and two, that just validating myself and loving myself and approving of myself. That's something that I'm constantly working on is just like loving on myself more and more and more every day. Cause I don't think that there can ever be too much like self-love. I guess there could be, that's a whole different topic. But for <laughs> me personally, as someone who grew up like with a lot of criticism and a lot of um, sort of like perfectionism type A right, wrong kind of stuff, that's, that's, big. Um, so yeah, that was sort of what came up for me and really just being able to, to breathe and slow down is, is just like such a gift. It's so, so Mm. beautiful. It really is, you know, and thank you so much for sharing your side as well. And, um, for a moment uh, when we started, when you said, feel your heartbeat and I was like, where's my heartbeat? I can't feel my heartbeat. (laughs) And you also said, um, I'll feel the, the rise and fall of your chest. I'm like, why is my not rising and falling? And I realized it's because I hold my breath. And my therapist actually pointed that out to me as well. Um, she said it could be an indication of the freeze response where holding one's breath could actually help you feel safe in that moment. Um, but it could also be a reflection of the trauma response, depending on what you perceive as a threat. So maybe for some of us, rest could actually be a legitimate threat for us like if we rest then this could happen like xyz could happen so that's also a very interesting observation so for so i think um for those of you who are listening right now um hopefully either examples from myself or becca can help give you some insight into what could come up for you in this process and um yeah that's just I feel like I need to do this more. So thank you so, so much for giving us the first-hand experience of what this work could be like when we just really start to nurture ourselves from the inside out in our relationship with time. So as we start wrapping up this conversation, we talked about a lot of things. So where would you advise that our quiet rebels could get started? Like I know there are plenty of starting points and there's no 
singular starting point per se, unless you want to share uh, share with us um, if there is a, <laughs> a great starting point. But yes, please do. Yeah, one of the beautiful gifts of coaching is ask asking questions is powerful questions, and so in order in opposition of giving an advice, which is typical, especially when it comes to time management, business world, all of that stuff, I want to leave with a question and put you in into the um, seat of power, position of power, because you do have the power um, over your body, over your heart, over your emotions, over your thoughts, is asking yourself, where do I want to start? What is my next step? What do I want to do differently? Or if I want to do something differently, maybe you want to just continue doing everything how you're currently doing it. And then the next thing I would say is, how do you want to celebrate yourself? So that is, that's my advice is really just to continue to strengthen that muscle of listening to yourself because that's the most underrated and yet most important skill to be a, a fulfilled human being, a successful business owner, a happy partner, literally all the roles that we all hold. Um, your inner voice is your guide. Mm. I love that. Uh, the question that kind of came up for my own personal litmus test which could also be helpful um because your, your, your question is like to help us find our question <laughs> and so I guess the one that came up for me was this one like what do I feel might need to change because something's not working right now or not working the way I want it to it's kind of like oh yeah like where are those areas of improvement that I might want to venture into and also <laughs> This this probably sounds silly, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. As soon as you said, um, it's like, oh, you've got the power. I immediately immediately thought of the song, like, I've got the power. Boom. <laughs> hey, 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 like that was that song. <laughs> I actually don't know who sings that, but it's it's a very iconic uh, line through through history, <laughs> the history of music. Um, yeah, I hear um, it. I hear the song. <laughs> Like I, I think I've heard it for the first time when I watched uh, Bruce Almighty with um, Jim Carrey. Um, is when he basically obtains the the powers of God, and of course he kind of um, abuses that power essentially for his own personal gain. Um, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a moment where he he acknowledges like, oh my gosh, I have it, and he goes, I got the power, and he and he's singing it over the streets but anyhow I digress but thank you uh for like asking that the question to help us find our question and just to realize it's it's always a continual work in progress to flex this muscle it's not something you just obtain and keep it's something it's a practice to embody that's what I'm hearing yeah in the doing reiterating like when you are so focused on doing or when you're just in the habit of doing 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 that's when that inner voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And so that's right. why stillness is so, so, so like pivotal for this whole journey. Mm. The visual that just came up as you said that is um, stillness practices. It's almost like putting a microphone to your inner voice just so you can hear it a little bit louder. Yeah. <laughs> the podcasting queen. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, whenever I can use a mic, it's an analogy. It's awesome. But anyhow, <laughs> so for those who are so curious about learning more about what you do, how you work with them, uh, where can we go to find you? Like, tell us all the links. <laughs> Yes. And, and don't worry about spelling I'm going to put all of it in the show notes so for those of you who are like how do I spell her name like is, is there any k's in her name I mean like is there another h oh, don't worry I got you it's all going to be in the show notes so Becca you, you just let us know and I would just pop it all in the links no need to spell love it yeah so uh, you can go and Google your your trusty BFF and type in the Holistic Time Coach and my website should pop up. My Instagram should pop up. My LinkedIn, not super onto LinkedIn, but that's like my other platform that I use sometimes. Um, but yeah, I would love for you to connect on Instagram, send me a DM. That's sort of how Make and I started connecting as yep. well. And I just love being able to, to, like I said, build relationship and be in community. It's one of the reasons why I'm a coach and why I'm in business. And um, yeah, you can go onto my website and snoop around there too. <laughs> awesome. So pop your website, Instagram and your LinkedIn all in the show notes. And I love that it's all like one handle. There's no underscores or dots or anything. It's just all, it's all one clean handle which I appreciate but even if it wasn't I would have put it in the show notes anyway (laughs) but thank you so much so I've got two final questions for you and then we're due to wrap up are you ready yeah let's go all right so number one is what makes you a quiet rebel yeah I love this question because I'm sort of I'm doing some brand messaging work and she came up with this gentle revolutionary and I didn't like I love that term and so gentle quiet sort of similar and my reason for being a gentle revolutionary or quiet rebel is because I help people find stillness and I help them slow things down and like we've done together today is is tune into that inner wisdom and when we tune into that like innate wisdom inside of us it's often in, in rebellion to what the, the norm is and what society is traditionally doing. And it takes some rebellion. It takes some work to listen, to come to stillness, and then actually follow through and, and make those, those changes and make those things happen that your soul is, is craving. Oh, okay. First of all, whoever that branding person is, is a genius because that is such an incredible term. I part of me is like, oh, but you know that? No, no. I I love quiet rebels because actually it was also in my own branding work where that came up that that name and it just it has stuck since I the day I left my last job when I actually worked for another digital marketer. And um, I remember I had my branding photo shoot and this branding process literally the month after I left because uh, I really wanted to, you know, get my get stuck into it. And, um, yeah, it's been so resonant ever since. So thank you so much for sharing the fact that you are definitely on – we're on the same parallels, we're on the same wavelength here. We are covering the same ground and expanding into different areas together. So just thank you for being the gentle revolutionary that you are. We're super honoured to – invite you into our quiet rebellion to share your work and yeah to help reach more people so thank you so much for sharing thank you and final question which I love asking my guests who like me ask this question and that is what is one weird fact or a fun story about you that no one else knows on the internet yeah so uh fun fact my name is not Becca (laughs) (laughs) who are you really (laughs) 
have an alter ego. So, um, so when I was born, my my mom named me Isabel, and then changed it. I think the timeline is a little fur- like fuzzy personally, obviously, but also like with other with other people in my family. A couple months sometime after I was born, she changed it to Becca because she was scared. I'm blonde and she was scared. People are going to call me Izzy Dizzy. I don't know why, but I love Isabel. And I went um, waterfall rappelling, canyoneering this past weekend. And they wrote Bella on my name tag, which was so funny. I was like, so I might know? change my name one day. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that, that's kind of like honoring the, the name that you currently have as Becca, but also almost like a tipping the hat towards like your original name. But that's very cool. It's like the new. It's like the new. <laughs> yeah. <I love> it. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your otherwise secret identity with us. We're super, super grateful to be on the receiving end of this knowledge. <laughs> and I appreciate you so, so much for coming onto the podcast, sharing all that you have and inviting into that in con English today, uh, <laughs> inviting us into that wonderful exercise towards the end. So, so appreciate you. So thank you much. Um, so, so much. Again, I really can't English. Like what's happening? <laughs> summer thank you full stop period thank you so so much for listening to this episode of the quiet rebels podcast today for any links that's been mentioned in the episode you can absolutely find them in the show notes below and two final things before we wrap up for today number one if you do like the vibe and you're pretty new here and you're thinking hmm i actually might want to stick around to see what else comes up here then i totally invite you to hit the subscribe button And number two, if you'd like to invite your friends and to help me spread the word to other quiet rebels out there who have yet to find our incredible community, then it would really help if you would leave us a review. So whichever app you're listening to this episode on, all you'd need to do is scroll to the bottom and there will be an option to write a review. Any words will be incredibly appreciated. So thank you so much in advance if you decide to do that. That's everything for today. So thank you again for joining us and I hope that you join us next time. So until then... Bye for now.